Chapter Fifteen of the Arabian Nights Entertainments. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Arabian Nights Entertainments by Andrew Lang. Chapter Fifteen: The Seven Voyages of Sinbad the Sailor. In the times of the Caliph Harun al-Rashid, there lived in Baghdad a poor porter named Hinbad who on a very hot day was sent to carry a heavy load from one end of the city to the other. Before he had accomplished half the distance he was so tired that finding himself in a quiet street where the pavement was sprinkled with rose water and a cool breeze was blowing, he set his burden upon the ground and sat down to rest in the shade of a grand house. Very soon he decided that he could not have chosen a pleasanter place a delicious perfume of aloes, wood, and pastilles came from the open windows and mingled with the scent of the rose-water which steamed up from the hot pavement. Within the palace he heard some music, as of many instruments cunningly played, and the melodious warble of nightingales and other birds, and the appetizing smell of many dainty dishes, of which he presently became aware, he judged that feasting and merry-making were going on. He wondered who lived in this magnificent house, which he had never seen before, the street in which it stood being one which he seldom had occasion to pass. To satisfy his curiosity, he went up to some splendidly dressed servants who stood at the door, and asked one of them the name of the master of the mansion. "'What?' replied he. "'Do you not live in Baghdad, and do you not know that here lives the noble Sinbad the sailor, that famous traveller who sailed over every sea upon which the sun shines?' The porter, who had often heard people speak of the immense wealth of Sinbad, could not help feeling envious of one whose lot seemed to be as happy as his own was miserable. Casting his eyes up to the sky, he exclaimed aloud, Consider, mighty creator of all things, the differences between Sinbad's life and mine. Every day I suffer a thousand hardships and misfortunes, and have hard work to get even enough bad barley bread to keep myself and my family alive, while the lucky Sinbad spends his money right and left, and lives upon the fat of the land. What has he done that you should have given him this pleasant life? What have I done to deserve so hard a fate? So saying, he stamped upon the ground, like one beside himself with misery and despair. Just at this moment a servant came out of the palace, and taking him by the arm, said, Come with me, the noble Sinbad, my master, wishes to speak with you. Hinbad was not a little surprised at this summons and feared that his unguarded words might have drawn upon him the displeasure of Sinbad. So he tried to excuse himself upon the pretext that he could not leave the burden which had been entrusted to him in the street. However, the lackey promised him that it should be taken care of, and urged him to obey the call so pressingly that at last the porter was obliged to yield. He followed the servant into a vast room, where a great company was seated round a table covered with all sorts of delicacies. In the place of honour sat a tall, grave man, whose long white beard gave him a venerable air. 
Behind his chair stood a crowd of attendants eager to minister to his wants. This was the famous Sinbad himself. The porter, more than ever alarmed at the sight of so much magnificence, tremblingly saluted the noble company. Sinbad, making a sign to him to approach, caused him to be seated at his right hand, and himself heaped choice morsels upon his plate, and poured out for him a draught of excellent wine, and presently, when the banquet drew to a close, spoke to him familiarly, asking him his name and occupation. "'My lord,' replied the porter, "'I am called Hinbad.' "'I am glad to see you here,' continued Sinbad, "'and I will answer for the rest of the company "'that they are equally pleased. "'But I wish you to tell me what it is "'that you said just now in the street.' "'For Sinbad, passing by the open window "'before the feast began, "'had heard his complaint, "'and therefore had sent for him.' At this question Hinbad was covered with confusion, and hanging down his head he replied, My lord, I confess that overcome by weariness and ill-humor, I uttered indiscreet words which I pray you to pardon me. Oh, replied Sinbad, do not imagine that I am so unjust as to blame you. On the contrary, I understand your situation and can pity you. "'Only you appear to be mistaken about me, and I wish to set you right. "'You doubtless imagine that I have acquired all the wealth and luxury "'that you see me enjoy without difficulty or danger. "'But this is far indeed from being the case. "'I have only reached this happy state after having for years "'suffered every possible kind of toil and danger. "'Yes, my noble friends,' he continued, addressing the company, I assure you that my adventures have been strange enough to deter even the most avaricious man from seeking wealth by traversing the seas. Since you have, perhaps, heard but confused accounts of my seven voyages, and the dangers and wonders that I have met with by sea and land, I will now give you a full and true account of them, which I think you will be well pleased to hear." As Sinbad was relating his adventures chiefly on account of the porter, he ordered, before beginning his tale, that the burden which had been left in the street should be carried by some of his own servants to the place for which Hinbad had set out at first, while he remained to listen to the story. End of chapter 15